This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Blood Red podcast. My name is Dan Kay and I'm joined here by three of my esteemed colleagues from the Liverpool Echo sports desk. To my immediate left is Mr Ian Doyle. How are you, Ian? Okay, you? All the better for seeing you, my friend. To his left is um, Matt Addison, who is celebrating today his new role as our, our new Blood Red writer. So congrats to Matt on that. How are you keeping? Yes, thank you very much. Very much looking forward to, uh, to getting started in that. Jolly good. And uh, on the far side, way over yonder, is um, Sean Bradbury, who had the rare privilege of being at Anfield on Saturday. Has he misses an awful lot of games these days because he's so committed to the cause. How are, you, how are you, Sean? Very well, yeah. Week off. Six points the better for the Reds, so all good. How was your trip to Germany, we ask? It was, I had a very pleasant weekend in Cologne. Um, unfortunately, it did mean that I missed uh, the Southampton game, but we did manage to find a hostelry in the German capital to watch Liverpool go 22 points clear of the Premier... Uh, of Well, 22 points clear at the top of the table. And obviously that now is is 22 points at the end of the weekend's action um, on the back of Manchester City's defeat at Tottenham yesterday. But, but we'll, we'll briefly um, take a look back at Saturday first. Um, it was nil-nil at half-time, Ian, and, and it was possibly one of the toughest 45 minutes Liverpool had had of the season so far, certainly from my vantage point a few thousand miles away. But <laughs> as has been so often the case this season, they found a way to get it done. And in the end, it was a very impressive victory. It was. I mean, Southampton went into the game. I think it was four straight wins away from home, which mm. included wins at Chelsea Palace and there was another good one, Leicester. Mm. I think they won Leicester as well, didn't they? The same team that beat them, yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. So they're a very different proposition to the team that went to uh, the Liverpool team that went to Southampton back in August. I think it was after the Super Cup game. Tough game, though. Two that was a tough game. Yeah. They won 2 1, but Liverpool were without. Uh, Allison, I know Adrian made a couple of good saves that day, but we'll come on to Allison in a minute, I'm sure. But yeah, it was a tough game first half. I think uh, Ralph Hasenhutl, you know, Jurgen Klopp spoke afterwards saying that, you know, he was said, basically said, wow, you know, regarding their performance. It was very much like, I can't remember it was who was saying it to me. Somebody said it reminded them a little bit of Liverpool in 2016, 17, where they were just going, you know, hell for leather and they were they were pushing forward. They had the high press. They were looking to play on the counter-attack. They were getting, you know, they were winning the ball high up the pitch and, that caused Liverpool a lot of problems because most teams this season just haven't done that to them. Mm. I mean, Liverpool's line, when you think Liverpool's defensive line at the start of the season, certainly for most of it, people have been talking about how high it's been. It was never that on uh, on Saturday. Certainly the, se- uh, the the second half of the first half where Southampton properly came into it. You know, Joe Gomez fell asleep a little bit for 15 minutes, not sure what happened there. Um, but he wasn't the only one. There was a few of the players, I mean, for Bobby Firmino and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain both played daft passes, which put Liverpool into trouble. So mm-hmm. while Southampton did play well, it was from Liverpool mistakes mostly, but then Southampton hounded them into the mistakes, so it's fair play on their part. But Liverpool with Alisson made a couple of, we wouldn't say they were fantastic saves, but they were saves that needed to be made. He had to be there. His positioning was good and he didn't spill them, which meant that you know, they were able to keep hold of the possession, didn't give them any rebounds. I don't know Liverpool had a bit of luck when Long got in the way of Ings' shot, but I think the keeper might have saved that. So, having said all of that, then it's <laughs> half-time. Then we come to the second half and we can debate the penalty uh, appeal because, you know, you could argue that Liverpool should have had a penalty in the first half when Firmino was fouled by Long. Yeah. So, so, so what I saw. I think some people have been a bit myopic about that and forgetting the Firmino one. Conveniently. Yeah, exactly. So, Hassan Hootl said after the game, the first goal was always going to be crucial. And whichever way you look at it, Liverpool either would have had the chance with the penalty or then actually did get it, obviously, Oxley Chamberlain. And from that point on, I mean, Klopp said he, even before the goal, which bear in mind, it was after 47 minutes, he said he'd see more in the two minutes from his team after half time to suggest that 
they were going to be in a, a better frame of mind, certainly better form than they were in the first half. They just blew them away. And Southampton kept on creating chances, but mm. Liverpool, once Southampton started committing players, I mean, the goals that they scored, they could have scored, could have scored sorry, a, a few more, which I know 4-0 was a bit harsh given the first half, but if you just watch the second half performance, yeah. you'd have said that's fair play. And Liverpool haven't done that this season very often. Certainly not at home. They haven't had the opportunity to cut loose a bit. And Southampton, you know, you saw what happened with them at home against Wolves where they fell away in the second half and kind of that might be yeah. that might be the way things are gonna go for them. But you know, they came into the game form, but Liverpool, what's that, twenty four and wins out of twenty five and you had players like Salah, like Henderson, like Firmino, who were all on the top of the game and then you know, they did a Klopp mentioned a tactical switch that he did with Fabinho. Um he switched him around a little bit in, in midfield and he was markedly improved in the second half. Well, having survived that penalty appeal, of course, mm. but it all came together and, and then, you know, they deserved the, the week off. Matt, um, in that second half, it really seemed like Liverpool shifted through the gears. There was, you know, there was a clinical nature to the, to the finishing that as well as they've played and performed through parts of the season that we haven't really seen so far, they seem to have this ability to whatever puzzle an opposition manager or coaching team puts in front of them, they seem to find a solution to it every time. And, um, you know, it must really start to drive opponents, not most notably the, t- the manager of the team in second place, to, to despair. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, even even in that first half, Southampton had one or two chances and, and Liverpool weren't playing well. But, I mean, I, I was at the match and, to be honest, I, I never really felt like... Liverpool wouldn't improve at some point. You mm. always felt like, you know, whether that was a, a tactical switch or a moment from from one of the front front three or, or whatever it was, you always felt like at some point it would click for Liverpool. And obviously, twenty four out of twenty five wins, you know, that that's the reason behind that. And you know, so so many of those players in the second half, as much as as Jurgen Klopp obviously made tactical changes and, and did that kind of thing. I just think Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain looked a different player in the second half and, and suddenly looked much better. The, the flick from Roberto Firmino for that first goal was... Sublime. Was, Again, was you it? know, he, he just oozes, oozes class and confidence. And yeah, first half wasn't great, but second half, Liverpool just in the end made it comfortable. And I feel I feel a little bit for Southampton that it finished 4-0 because they probably should have scored at least once. Mm. Um but I don't think over over the 90 minutes, I don't think anyone can complain that Liverpool won that much. No, and, and I think it's quite telling that having you know, what the bits and pieces I've gleaned from, from being away over the weekend, I think Hassan Hootel said words to the effect after the game that it was it was a great match to be part of. He was very pleased with his with it, how his players conducted themselves and, and how they went about the business. Sure, from I was getting a few messages from people on, on, on Saturday evening, you know, people who were at the game saying the atmosphere in the ground, you know, the... the not, we have heard we're going to win the league in various songs of that ilk being sung mm. on occasion already this season. But there seemed a kind of a realisation on Saturday that what we are witnessing now from this team who has now taken, I think it's 100 points from the last 102. I think in the 38-game in the stretch since you know late January, early February last year, it's now 108 points over you know the 38-game 30, chunk of a league season. Um, we are, we're in rare times here, aren't we? Oh, there's no doubt and I think you're right the, that that sense was palpable amongst the fans but I think you can see it in the players as well I mean the, thinking back to the weekend I, I would have loved nothing more just once this season to be a fly on the wall at half time in the Liverpool dressing room because I think the ability of Klopp and, and his assistants you know he always gives them credit and rightly so to be fair to him to, to work out opposition 
at half time, make minor changes because it wasn't, it was almost imperceptible in the second half. Like Dodie said, sort of tweaks to Fabinho's position and maybe moving the ball in different areas and working on the right a lot more. Uh, it seemed to me, it, you know, they, they worked out an opponent and then they outworked them. And I think that's the other thing that happens so often with Liverpool. They'll, they'll go to the line and we've seen them win games in so many different ways. And as Doyle said, it was really nice to see them cut loose and, and score four. When was the last time? Was it was it Leicester? It was Leicester. Would have been <clears> where, they, where they got four. So to do it at home, people at Anfield to see that was fantastic. And yeah, that, that second half, I think... Well, they were arguably playing like champions in the first half. I think I'm not quite sure what Van Dyke was doing with that little flick when he tried <laughs> to, yeah. to finish it. Yeah, it could have an orthodox, more orthodox finish might have resulted in a goal. Well, but his first touch almost like seems to come almost behind him. Yeah, so I yeah. don't know if he had too many other options. Still yeah. a good save though. Yeah, yeah, to be fair, it was. Yeah, and if yeah. he goes in, everyone's going wow. Yeah, they? yeah, absolutely. But um, but in the second half, like 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 Dory said, all the, all the big names and the big performers came came to the fore. I thought Salah was fantastic again. It, almost every time he was. He was kind of putting a putting a one on one. He, he out muscled his man or, or beat them with a bit of skill, and obviously got his got his two goals and got his just deserves. And Firmino's been mentioned. Henderson superb again, um, a goal and assist. That's what twice in the last few games, isn't it? Did yeah. it against Wolves? Did it again at the weekends? Another captain's performance. But yeah, I think they they played in the end with with the swagger of champions and, and rightly so. I mean, you could almost argue that Saturday was almost like a metaphor for the season in terms of like Liverpool broke down the resistance of the, the team in front of them immediately Southampton in the same way that, and, and kind of broke their spirit almost, in the same way that maybe they have to their main title challenges, Manchester City. And having seen certainly most of the second half of, of their match at Tottenham yesterday, um, you know, none of us are going to be counting any chickens. We're all very confident Liverpool are in a great position and, and should fulfil their main objective this season. But is it fair to say, Ian, that Liverpool, Liverpool's relentless, remorseless form has kind of broken City spirit a bit. Yes, I think it's it has actually in a way, and I think I didn't obviously. I was at the West Ham game on Wednesday, and United were playing City, weren't they in the in the Carabao Cup the semi final? Yeah. And my dad, who you may know from podcast previous, yes, <laughs> great listeners now. If yeah, you haven't heard it. Yet. He um, he he spoke to me the following day. and went. He went. Listen, son, City have gone. He said they're just completely gone. And I said, well, hang on. I thought they had loads of chances. He says he did, but. They just they're not there. They're compl- they're not the team that they were. And I saw a lot of the game uh, against Tottenham, and the chance that they had. I mean, mm. let's be brutally honest here. They could have easily won that game. Well, it was Vincent Mourinho, wasn't yeah. it? Didn't well, he tried to do that against Liverpool, mm. and Liverpool scored, and that's the that's the difference. It was like I think did Tottenham have three shots and City had about twenty. Certainly, when it was two nil, when the second goal went in, that was their second shot. Yeah, the they ended yeah. up with one more, and I'm sure City ended up with. I think they had fourteen at one point. I th- I'm yeah. pretty sure it was nearly twenty, if not twenty, but. Yeah, you can tell with City, it's it's interesting in a way because they've led from the front nearly all of the time they've been champions. And I know people yeah. say, well, Liverpool could have gone 10 points clear, but when it was uh, they went to the Etihad, what was it now? Last, last, January, year, last year. And they could have done, but City win that and it's four points and it's not that big a no, gap to overturn, especially no. when you're a club that's just taken 100 points the previous season. Proven winners. And I think Liverpool this season... I was funny enough, I was thinking back to the Tottenham game against City, the second was it the second game of the season? It was, two, wasn't it? Two, yeah, because yeah, it was because yeah. it must have been. It must have been because it was the Southampton game. We were on the way back from Southampton. We were on the yeah. way back from Southampton and the City game was on radio and we were with a couple of lads from uh, Liverpool.com, our sister website. And uh basically they I went into to, to I went to the garage to put some petrol and they went, Oh, City have scored for three two. 
So I came back in and then the game finished. They went, it's too old. It's like, hang on, what's happened here? And he says, well, it's been... And they were celebrating then. City dropping two points in the yeah. second game of the season because that was the mentality that they've had to gain from the previous year when neither Liverpool nor City were dropping any points whatsoever. Mm. So it's just been every single time City have dropped a point, Liverpool have just gone, well, we need to win this. So what happened last season to Liverpool is what's been driving them this year. As much as they try and say, look... We're just forgetting about what happened. I've spoken to a few of the players and they've said, look, what happened last year? It hurt because we got 97 points. How on earth did we, you know, we thought that would have been enough. Mm. Trent Alexander-Arnold said that. Yeah. Andy Robertson said that as well. We thought that would, would have been enough. We all felt that. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and any other, I think almost every other um, season, but with the exception of the one before, actually, it yeah. would have been enough. Right. But just that City were there. But now City have got a team like Liverpool who've just gone, well, you're the standard bearers. We know what we need to do. And it is hard for a team to win three leagues in a row. We have to, we have to accept been that. Done. It's not, it's, it exactly. Once. And you know, I think United did it twice. Twice, yeah. Huddersfield did it in like Huddersfield the 30s. And Arsenal, yeah. I think they're the only ones. I asked Sean about that. 30s, do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> So Liverpool have broken the spirit, but I think it's because of City that Liverpool yeah. had that to do in the first place. And even now, the players, when they say like, oh, it's not done yet, they're not lying. Mm. They're still thinking, hang on a minute, if we like lose one or two games here or drop some points and City just win a few games and suddenly City, they've proven they can do it. But I think looking at City and the words that are coming out of the, you know, from, from their camp and the way Guardiola was after the game. Well, you're stealing my next question. I'm going to no, go to that. Right. That they, they give the impression that they know it's done. And if, if, you, <clears> if you're covering or supporting any other team, you would have said months ago. Well, months ago. Yeah. Months ago. Not like last week or yeah. earlier this month. You just said two months ago mm. that it's done. Well, Mourinho I, said it before and he reiterated that yesterday. Didn't I he couldn't said believe, the game in November, I couldn't believe that the lead of 22 points is the biggest anyone's had ever in history. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and is that right? I so I went bad and I yeah. never had a finger of 26 points in No, head, they were never that far. Right? No. no chance. But it was big though. But even, even City, when they got the 100 points, they finished 19 points behind United. Ahead of, sorry, that would have been weird. Ahead of, <laughs> of United, didn't they? But United, I think the last three, four or five games, lost two and drew one. So United were never 19 yeah. points behind. It's just like, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it's it's hard to comprehend because it's never happened before. No, and it may and, never happen and, again. And I would be amazed simply because, but anyone doing it again? Mm. Because they literally are one you know, two points away from being perfect. And I remember going back, sorry to just go on a little bit more here. I remember going back to when Benitez was in charge and he said, for us to win the league, we are, everything has to be perfect. And he used to say that time and time and time again. And it's turned out that he was right. Yeah. Matt, it, it was, it's been well documented. Uh, Pep Guardiola kept his players in for 40, 45 minutes after the match at Tottenham yesterday, then came out and said how pleased he was with, with the performance, which doesn't quite add up somehow. But, um, he then alluded, he made reference to the former chair of the uh, Premier League, Richard Scudamore, who when City got their 100 points a couple of years ago, said probably quite fairly that it isn't something that you'd really want to see every year. Um, and Cardiola basically said, well, Leo, is he going to have something to say about this now? Kind of forgetting the fact that he isn't actually in that post anymore. <laughs> is, you know, is that another example of how... The, just the unbelievable intense pressure that Liverpool have have put on him and his club have basically forced them to crack under the pressure and they don't really know how to handle the situation that they're in now. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a few different layers to it, to be honest. I think just the manager that he is and, and how fantastic he's been over his career and, and some of the clubs that, that he's been at. The he, football he's played. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't argue with how unbelievably good he is. I mean, mm. he, he is literally one of the best football managers there's ever been. He's managed some, you know, that, that Barcelona team is, is probably, again, one of the, the best there's ever been. And, and you know, he, he's just not used to, to being in a situation where he's that far behind and, you know, you, you can understand why that's difficult um, for him and for his players, to be honest. Hmm. But yeah, in, in terms of the, the Richard Scudamore comments, I thought it, it was a bit strange to go back to those. You can sort of see from a, a siege mentality kind of point of view that, that he might want to, to sort of not not paint them as a, a victim or, or whatever, mm. but in, that's that sort of mould. And um, yeah, look, it's not something that the Premier League will want for, for no, one team. I to, think football fans in general. Yeah, yeah. generally, yeah. You, you know, a title race is much better to watch from a, a neutral perspective when mm. there's there's two or, or, or more teams involved in it. But look, Liverpool haven't won the league for, for 30 years. You can't exactly say that, you know, they don't, not they don't deserve to win it or you know they, they don't deserve to have their moment it, it's not like it, it's not like anybody is sitting here thinking Liverpool are going to win the league by 25 points this year next year and the year after hmm. I mean it, it, as Ian said it, it's a one-off and I think I think that's fine Guardiola must have been fed that line by the way <laughs> somebody at City must have told him that I think it's well go on Sean well, your view on that I, I actually feel some sympathy with him here I think that's something that's been simmering since well, I think it was August 2018 when, when that comment was made and you know mm. he, he just won the league and I know there's, there's ongoing questions and investigations around City and hugely expensively assembled squad but I think as a as a man of integrity and, and t- huge talent and effort Guardiola played a massive part in making them a, a trophy winning machine hasn't he and I think that those comments do in some way act as a bit of a slight on him. I, c- I can understand why why he, at the time, and, and maybe, you know, why the, in the Etihad and at City, they were they were really annoyed by that. I don't think the timing was great in terms of when he said it in the, in the post-match press conference yesterday, but I do think he's broadly been very fair and very complimentary to Liverpool. I mean, in, in recent weeks, he's, he's he's praised them to the hilt, hasn't he, and said, mm-hmm. you know, they'd, they'd be, with the form they've been playing in this season, they'd be champions in any country, in any league this, this year, which I think is is pretty true. Um, and even yesterday, even in that same press conference, he said Liverpool are unstoppable. Mm. So I, I think, I also think, like Doyle was saying before, going back to the point of, of the level of perfection that City have almost set and to they which Liverpool have to attain. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I think the challenge is like this, this thing of winning three leagues on the bounce and how difficult it's been for City. I think it's a challenge almost for Liverpool now. I mean, you'd imagine this one is almost there and they'll, and they'll win this one. But the, the, the points that required to, to match City last season they've effectively had two campaigns of, of going at that pace mm. so you know next season I think Liverpool are going to have to be wary of that even though obviously it'll only be one with them touch wood The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo We'll move on to um, the week ahead uh, Ian you've been up to Anfield today and you haven't seen Jurgen Klopp you've, No I was you've also been to Melwood. See... Was Melwood Okay well <laughs> Okay Similar <laughs> type of setup. You've been to a press conference. I've been to a press conference. Sorry. Um, but it was Mr. Neil Critchley <laughs> who was uh, addressing yes. the uh, assembled media ahead of tomorrow's FA Cup fourth round replay against Shrewsbury Town. Uh, what did you make of about what Critch had to say? Uh, but he was quite honest about it all, wasn't he? He basically just said, you know, I, I, Matt will agree. We've had a, quite a few dealings with Mr. Critchley over the mm. uh, the last year or so. Certainly, he's bossed the under twenty three. probably even even longer than that, and. 
He just said it as it is. He said, basically, look, we've got a, a young team here. It's a great opportunity for them. Um, he's expecting it to be a sellout, which I think would be good. I think it is. I'm sure it's, someone yeah. should be something next which year. Is I think, out, yeah. In fact, I would go as far to say, in fact, I might write this at some point, but probably won't because I'm being a bit lazy. Um, <laughs> I would go as far to say, Anfield will see something. It'll be completely different to anything else that's happened at Anfield before tomorrow. It'll be completely different to yeah. two things. One, we're obviously going to see an under-23 side, which Critch was actually saying is actually it's going to be more like an under-20 mm. team or under-19, possibly with the exception of Pedro Chiravea. I think everybody else will be 20. Yeah, yeah, I think under 20, I think. Um, but the fan base will be different because there's going to be so many youngsters there as well. People that haven't had the chance to go yeah, to. They'll want to go and see. They'll want to set up into Anfield. I've seen Liverpool play. It's and under it's, floodlights. It's, it's under floodlights. It's still an FA Cup game. Mm. There'll be 8,000 Shrewsbury fans who'll be desperate to see their side win. Shrewsbury, you could argue, even though the bookies are saying the opposite, are now the favourites or they should be the favourites. Bucky's still back in Liverpool, are they? Oh, yeah, I think Shrewsbury last I've seen was three to one. Really? So, um, really, yeah. so just letting everybody know that well, they won't, probably won't be by the time this gets finished. Um, <laughs> but it will be completely different to anything else for all those reasons. Obviously, there's no Jurgen Klopp, certainly not in the mm. dugout. I think I don't think he's going to turn up. I don't think. Don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. Critch wasn't really giving anything away regards to that. But he did speak highly about you know. Liverpool's youngsters, as I said before, he said this is a great chance for them. He's expecting them. This is not. This is a chance for them to prove themselves, to prove they can do it at Anfield. He said some nice things about Curtis Jones, who would imagine would, would be a, one of the star star men for mm-hmm. Liverpool. And he also, you know, he went back to the game against Aston Villa, which obviously the youngsters lost five nil. And it's a strange one because some of those players won't be playing. Like so Herbie Kane, who's one of the best players, he's gone back out on loan. as needs a hole. Yeah. Um, who else is not going to be Christy playing? Davis. Christy Davis has gone out. He's, he's gone out on loan to Belgium as he's injured Club now anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But you'll have Nico Williams, you'll have Curtis Jones, you'll have Harvey Elliott. Who did play sorry against Aston Villa. Yeah, but, but they, 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 them two weren't there yeah. last time and now he's got more experience. And I also think for Liverpool, they'll have a little sense of the unknown because I know that two, a couple of Shrewsbury scouts went down to watch the under-23s on Saturday and then very quickly realised next to none of these players <laughs> that were playing against us on, uh, on, on Tuesday. Lucky boys. Uh, I would imagine they probably went to watch the Wolves game a few days early. It's not far from Shrewsbury to Wolverhampton, is it? Nah. So, um, so they see all Harvey, Harvey Elliott's sublime overhead kick. Exactly, oh. yeah. So, I, I, it, I mean, it is a great opportunity for, for, for these youngsters. Uh, Critch has got a lot of faith in them. You know, he, <clears> he believes in them. It was interesting what Klopp said in terms of if we're going to play an under-23 team, he basically said, it shouldn't be me that's in charge of them. It should be Critch. He's, he's their mm. coach. He knows them. Works from day and day out. I think it's for Critch as well. He's, yeah. he's going to be taking charge of a first team game. He's going to be the Liverpool manager, isn't he? Yeah. he had at Aston Villa. He's going to be at Anfield, full house. Everyone will be behind them. It's a, it's a big night for him as well. And he said, look, at the end of the press conference, he says, look, I just I wish it was starting right now kind of thing. Mm. So it is... It's going to be very interesting. And it I really think, is. I think it will be... It's interesting it's not on telly either, is it? No. I don't think it's no, on, no. Yeah, it's not on showing, television. I think they're showing the Newcastle replay. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, is sensible because it still is Liverpool under 23s. But yeah. that might help them in a way because I think they'll just be able to just crack on with, you know, certain things. We Maybe they were slightly worried about what happened against Aston Villa where mm-hmm. they played quite well and suddenly were 4-0 down at half-time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a big day for big night for certain individual players just to see whether they're ready to make the next step because yeah. Klopp has so much faith in his youngsters a lot of them train around the first team at Melwood rather than at the academy and then come down and play play certain games so yeah, be interesting Matt there has been some suggestion um, not for many official channels that bearing in mind you Liverpool are, have do have some of their kind of senior fringe players coming back into action that one or two of them may benefit from 
a little run out, the likes of an Abby Cater or a Fabinho or a Lovren or whoever. It doesn't really, from all the noises we're hearing from Anfield, it doesn't very, it, it very much looks like that will not be the case. How, how much of a, of a, of a, a statement of, of faith, really, is this in these young lads who have been performing at a very high level in, in their youth competitions? And who would you really say, as someone that's obviously studied the academy setup for quite some time now, are the ones that maybe those people going tomorrow night that may not be too familiar with some of the the, the lads, the young lads pulling the red shirts on in front of them should be keeping an eye, an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, first of all, I think it's a, a huge opportunity for these players. And as you say, a huge show of faith for not just for the players, but for, for Critch as well yeah. to, to get that opportunity. Obviously, Klopp could have quite easily just said, you know, I'll, I'll take charge, but he's trusted, you know, the the staff who, who work at the academy day in, day out with these players. And yeah, it, it's going to be so, so interesting. I think the way it's it's sort of been worded over the last week or so, you know, once the, the replay was was confirmed is, is that Liverpool are, are going to have no senior players and Obviously, we expect people like Naby Keita and those sorts of players are not going to play, but I don't think it's going to be as unknown as, as maybe what people think. When you go through the team, there's there's quite a, a number of names that, that people will have seen. You know, Keanu Hoover, for example, mm-hmm. Seth Vandenberg, I'd imagine. He didn't play on Saturday, so you'd imagine that he'll play. Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, people like that. You, you know, they're, they're not senior players, but they're sort of... You know they're they're well established. Around the fringes, the first year for a little while. People will know who they are, Um, and you know I think generally you know Keller as well in goal. I think you know there's a number number of names that that you sort of look at and think, well, they're young, they're not experienced, but they've got more than enough quality to to be able to you know to to show people what they can do. And to to be honest, in terms of names that people wouldn't be massively aware of, um, I think the the midfield is probably the area of the pitch where there's a couple of question marks for me, whether Curtis Jones plays there or, or in the front three is, mm-hmm. is probably going to decide that. You've got Chiravella, of course, I think is, is almost certain to play. And then, you know, whether someone like Leighton Clarkson might come into the side. Dixon Bonner. Dixon Jake Bonner. Kane as well. Jake Kane. I think he might put Curtis Jones in midfield simply because of that reason, because I don't think there's enough. Yeah. There, there's not, experience not a great deal in there, there. So, yeah, I mean, certainly Kane and, and Clarkson didn't play over the weekend, so yeah. I'd have my you eye on those. Think you have to expect they've been left out on Dixon that basis, Bonner, yeah. I believe, played the full 90 or, oh, or, or certainly started right. on Saturday, so I'd be surprised if he played. Possibly a bench role for him, though. Quite possibly, yeah. yeah I think I think in terms of the team, I mean, we, we did a, an Academy podcast this morning, so feel free to, to check that out on, <laughs> on YouTube and, and across the, the podcast <laughs> channel. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean that uh, we're not doing our, the team later on? Yes, no. we are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I've lost my train of thought now, but yeah, I think it, it, there's going to be, yeah, a, a sort of mixture of the Everton team that we saw a couple of weeks ago in the Aston Villa team. I think it's going to be a little bit more experienced than the Villa team, but not as experienced as what we saw in the derby. Sure. Sean, it's, um, it, I think it, it's great news that the match is a sellout. I, I'd never really doubted that it would, that it would be. Um, I think the Anfield crowd will know. I mean, it, as we've said, some of the Anfield crowd will be the people that find it difficult to get tickets for league games, European yeah. games. But I think also you know, with 55,000, I think a fair chunk of them will be the regulars who would quite frankly go and watch the whole player team of dustbins. Um, <laughs> I You've always think played United twice this season. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Might> <laughs> um, I may as well just made the most of it while I can. <laughs> one game that sticks in my mind that I always kind of regret not going to, to the 2004-05 season when we played Tottenham away in kind of like, I think fourth round of the League Cup. Was that one all, one all, and we won on penalties. penalties yeah. And again, it was very much you know we were 
there was the season of Istanbul. There was a lot of games all packed into, into and basically played a very much a scratch team. But everyone I've ever spoken to that was in that away end at White Hart Lane always says the atmosphere was unbelievable mm. because it was almost like this kind of siege mentality. We almost need to be the 12th man here. And obviously, you know, Anfield does have, uh, you know, a fair bit of history of being a 12th man and helping Liverpool over the line. Um, I think everybody who walks into the turnstiles tomorrow night will be aware that they've got a, a part to play as well. Ah, hugely. And I think even just taking it back to the Carabao Cup game of Villa, even though it was a 5-0 defeat, again, everyone who was there in that away and was saying it was quite special. Mm. Different, like, like Doidy said before, it will be a very different occasion tomorrow, although perhaps comparable to that. And I think the scenes you saw after that match, some of the young players who, you know, well, suddenly they're getting a chance again, but might have thought their next Liverpool first team appearance might, well, might not even happen. Mm. Um, but, you know, there was, there was wonderful scenes like with them going over to, to family in the away end and that type of thing. But yeah, I think this, it being at Anfield and if it is a capacity crowd, that adds a, a whole different element to it. And I think that's even more important, like the guys have said about Jones potentially being in midfield. Because I think if this Liverpool team can, can get on the ball early on and, and just show that they're comfortable and get the crowd behind them, which, which of course they will be anyway, and, and, and they can start to intimidate Shrewsbury, then, you know, I think they could upset the odds a little bit. Set pieces where Shrewsbury will do Liverpool if they are going to. Simply because it's, it's the whole physical nature of the thing. I mean, we had obviously... And Joe, the professionalism. Exactly. And we had Joe Thomas in yeah. the other week and he, and he was right with what he said, didn't he? He said they mm. got a mixture of the old players pros. who came fell out of academies at Premier League clubs, such as the guy who scored the, the own goal. He was at United, wasn't he? And then the old pros, you know, what, what, what can mm. be done, such as the guy who came on and, and scored it's twice. twice. Yeah. Yeah. So... That would be my worry. Because, but if Liverpool get the ball down and start playing it around, mm. they've got more and if talent. You get the noses in front yeah, and, and stay in the game. I think they've is, got is more. Key, they've got it? more talent than than Shrewsbury in that yeah. in in that sense. But you know, Shrewsbury got infinite superior know-how and experience. Of course, as well, we looked at the previous round. Now, I think it's fair to say that Everton are better than Shrewsbury. Liverpool will be yeah will have, will be naming a slightly less strong team. But mm. you know, if you look at that on a kind of equivalent basis. That team managed to upset the odds against, you know, pretty much a full strength <coughs> Everton team who, you know, on the face of it, very much wanted to go to the fourth round. So the other, the other thing to bear in mind is that unlike the game against Arsenal, which finished five all, and perhaps a little bit unlike the game against Aston Villa, almost all of this team will have played together quite a lot mm. for the under That's really quite a key point, I think, Because even the team that played that Aston Villa, I mean, obviously I wasn't at the Aston Villa game because it was, it was in, in Qatar, but... It seems as though even I was like, I've seen quite a few under 23s, under 18s games. We go, I'm all surprised. Mm. They're, they're playing. Why are they playing there? They can't have played together very often. But nearly all of the players, mm. the defence will have played together. The midfield, from you know, almost all of it would have played together. Certainly most of the front line would have played together yeah. for a, f- a few games at least, certainly in the recent weeks. So I think it'll be a lot easier to get into some kind of groove. And if Liverpool can get the ball down, start passing it around. We've seen what they've done to teams in the in the youth league, and I know it's completely different because you're playing against mm. fellow youngsters there. But they're ones of superior, you know, technical ability. So it will come down to can they withstand this this physical threat? And they're going to have to if they want to be professional footballers. Certainly the defenders. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, give us some teams. We'll start at we'll start with Matt in the middle. Um, give me an eleven for tomorrow night. Okay, all the please. All, all the Okay, well, all right. All right. Okay, sorry. I think we all agree on the goalkeeper to yeah. start with. Do we not Rather think? It's a, do we not think it's a big game for Keller? By the way, because his last two games for Liverpool, we conceded ten goals, and he had yeah. an absolute nightmare. Yeah. I know we, you know, he's a youngster. Mm. He had a bit of a nightmare against Aston Villa in the first half. Did better in the second half. I thought he did and really well at MK Dons earlier. He did. Season. He made a great save, yeah. didn't he, from that header? Yes. And I think 
And I know Arsenal was a bit different because Arsenal, you've seen, was it Martinelli scored a couple mm. of goals? He plays yeah. for the first yeah. team yeah. now all the time. So they, Arsenal had a strongish team out. And so you mm. can't really blame him for that so much. Although there was one or two defensive, I mean, what was it? Milner passed it straight to, to them for, yeah. for, for one yeah, goal. Right, yeah. There was a strange one on the goal line where somebody didn't clear it and it just, you know, they just tapped it in. And there was a worldie as well, wasn't there? So big, big game for Keller, I think. And I think if he can make a few good saves early on or gets a good touch of the ball, it could make a massive difference because then the defenders in front of him will have a bit. Mm, yeah. Not that I'm saying they don't have confidence, but they will have more confidence in him than they had at the start. So okay. Keller and goal. Yeah. We're all going for Kevin. Yeah. Keller and goal, yeah. Um, all right, we'll stop. Far end, Sean, give me a back four. A back four, well, he, he was speaking about Larucci today and sounds like a bit of a doubt, but I guess they have they have got other options there, haven't they? Lewis, mm. potentially. Um, Who looked, to me, looked very good in pre-season a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, he's always been a prospect, hasn't he? He's played, he's played a couple of games now, hasn't he, since his return? For yeah. Some appearances now. He's, yeah. he's, he's been out for about four months. He's come on as a substitute twice. I think yeah. Larucci got injured in about minute 20, 25, something like that. So mm. he, he's played sort of maybe a... In total, maybe about 90 minutes yeah. since he's come so back. So Perhaps just about enough. I'll, I'll go and, with him. And he didn't play against... He was one of the ones that didn't play at the weekend didn't against play. Arsenal. So he was obviously one of the options available. Could be a pointer. So let's have him at left back. I think it's clearly going to be Williams at right back. And then two, two from three in the middle, isn't it? You're looking at what? Keanu Hoover and Sepp Vandenberg, probably? Yeah. I that, concur. That's my back four, yeah. 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 Definitely, yeah. yeah. I think Lewis, the, the, Lewis to start and probably gets subbed after about an hour if he's mm, getting a bit mm, tired. Yeah. And I guess bearing in mind that a strong substitutes, substitutes bench may well, Liverpool may well need one because not just the physical intensity, but I think the emotional energy that, that these young lads will expend, um, it may have an impact on them. But you would imagine whoever is on that bench will be absolutely champing at the bit to come on and, and show what they can do as well. Uh, OK, midfield, we'll start with Ian. It's extra time, by the way. Just extra time penalties, penalties, isn't it? Yeah. Just penalties. Yeah. They don't do extra time anymore in the FA Cup. Oh, they don't really. I believe so. I think up until this round, it's it's definitely well. I, I... See, if I could just interject at this point as well, we're obviously we're all past the whole hoo-ha about is Klopp doing the right thing, naming the kids, and we've all talked about is um, you know should he be there and, and, and whatever, and 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 the blame for the authorities for scheduling these replays mm. during. Um, the winter break but it only occurred to me a couple of days ago that they have already done away with replays from the fifth round onwards so I, I really can't believe that no one's actually raised the issue well why bearing in mind this winter break was brought in why didn't they just do it for the fourth round as well hmm. anyway I've got that off my chest now so I feel a bit better <laughs> yeah. uh, back to the midfield yeah um, <laughs> midfield I think is there's, there's definitely the option of Adam Lewis playing in midfield I know he's done that in the mm. past if he doesn't end up playing left back you could maybe put Tony Gallagher in there and play him in midfield just because Liverpool are short of, of depth in that position. Uh, but for me, I think Chiravella will, will be the, the holding midfielder. Yeah. I would probably go with maybe Leighton Clarkson and Curtis Jones. It's extra time, by the way. It is extra time. Yeah, it's extra oh, okay. time. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we all agree, aren't we? That, that Jones, Jones has to play. Yeah. Jones has to play midfield yeah. with that extra experience he's got now. That kind of extra. Yeah. And yeah, we still get forward, can't he? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So a front three then. This is where it gets interesting, mm. right? Harvey Elliott is definitely playing hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I also think that Joe Hardy is going to play up front. The new signing. Yes, in, he's going to play up front. He's already scored a few goals, isn't he? Yeah. So then that leaves us with who plays on the left wing. Who are your options? There's, tons, there's tons of options. There's loads of them. Tom Hill played there, didn't he, against Villa? Louis Longstaff played yeah. technically up front, but he played at the weekend, which suggests that he might not be playing. Yep. Mm. Um, then you're looking at Liam Miller. 
Liam Miller yeah. is the one. Because yeah, he, he's played half a seat. He's played quite a bit of first-team football up in Scotland, and I think yeah. he will be the one that plays. Yeah. And I think that he could be somebody who Liverpool fans just haven't been talking about him because he basically doesn't play for Liverpool or hasn't played for the best part of a year because he's been out on loan. Mm. He came back, um, and I think this could be an evening where he... You know, it's like so many we mentioned before that these players might not ever play for Liverpool again. It could be their last chance. But for him, it's to prove that he's actually learned some of the stuff that he's picked up when he's been out on loan and a chance to just also to restate himself as a Liverpool player. So I think he'll play on the left, yeah. Yeah, I think he, he probably has to if, if Curtis Jones plays in midfield. He's mm. the obvious choice and I'm fairly sure he's, he's played for... Canada's senior national team as well. So I think he scored, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he's, yeah, I think you put him in for the experience, if yeah. nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yep, sold on that experience, unknown quality. He's <laughs> managing things easy. <laughs> just the team completely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, but the point there is that, that, as I'm saying, that is completely not what happened in Assassin's Villa, where we were just all guessing, going, what on earth yeah. are they going to play mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Whereas I think now, with all the youngsters that are, well, the senior players have been away, against Villa, obviously, some of the major youngsters couldn't play, mm. which made a bit of a difference as far as I'm concerned was that's not been a problem here and I think Liverpool will be a lot stronger I think Matt said it than people are expecting because of the familiarity, familiarity they will be, continuity between them yeah. they will give Shrewsbury more, much more of a game than I think people realise because yeah. the other thing they'll have is while Shrewsbury will be thinking oh great we're at Anfield and we can win and we've got, mm. we can, if we win this we've got Chelsea next because it's not the first team players they will subconsciously. It's inevitable. Drop nature, off, a, drop off a certain yeah, yeah. level. Whereas for the Liverpool youngsters, they'll be like, we need to get stuck into these. Let's go. This and is our big chance. We might never mm, play absolutely. Anfield again. I think the other aspect as well, people always talk about the Anfield atmosphere and what it does to the opposition. I've always felt, it, it, it's maybe slightly overstated what it does to the opposition. It's more what it, what it does to our lads. It makes them a yard quicker, a yard faster, a yard jump a yard higher. We've seen it, how that can happen at a senior level. But I think with these young kids, particularly ha- as some of you have said, how for some of them, their very futures at Anfield may well be on the line. That extra one, 0.1% could make a huge difference. So it, it really should be a fascinating evening. Uh, prediction time, Ian. You know what? I'm actually going to say Liverpool are going to win 3-2. There you go. Oh, <laughs> Ian Doyle, positivity <laughs> shocker. You heard it here first. He's always positive, Ian. I said the beat West Ham 4-0, got that wrong. Yeah. I said he'd win. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think Liverpool win, but I think it might go to penalties. Bear in mind that when you said that last week and we all just laughed at you and went, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, we. Um, two all again. Liverpool win on pens. You it's, took the words out of my mouth. Two all pens and a long night be, for those of us on the late yes, shift. There are going to be a lot of goals. I suspect yeah. a lot of goals. And, well, hopefully, great entertainment for everybody going and and a, and a really enriching performance for for players, spectators, and um, we'll see. Hopefully, Liverpool may well yet still have a fifth round trip to to Stamford Bridge because, as we all know, Liverpool have hardly ever played Chelsea in cup competitions. Uh, and also, in the, the, years. the food in the uh, Chelsea press room is the best ever, and that's why we're desperate for Liverpool to get through. Well. We'll see what happens, won't we? Thank you for joining us on the latest edition of the Blood Red Podcast. We will, of course, be back for you later in the week with all the fallouts from uh, the Shrewsbury replay. Um, we haven't got a game next weekend, but of course, we will have lots of fascinating, fabulous things to talk about you <laughs> in the world of, very confident, of Liverpool. Yeah. And we want uh, money to write about. <laughs> we'll get our thinking caps on, don't worry. Uh, and in the meantime, of course, uh, keep tuned to the Echo website for all the breaking news from Anfield as it happens. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.